0: Let's pray. Lord, your words are sweet to the taste, sweeter than honey. Let them be our daily meditation and our study. Give us ears to hear, for we marvel at your instruction. Train us in righteousness, grant us patience and persistence, and equip us for every good work. Inspire our faith and give us voices to proclaim your message. Guide our feet. Keep us from every false way, for you alone, you alone speak the words of life. Amen. Today's scripture reading is from the fourth chapter in Paul's second letter to that young co-worker of his, Timothy. Remember, this is a letter that appears to have been written when Paul was in prison, probably in Rome, abandoned by all but a few of his friends. Facing imminent death. In this passage, Timothy is encouraged to keep the faith. So, listen now for the Word of God in the 2nd Timothy, 4th chapter, starting at the 6th verse. I am already being poured out like a sacrifice to God. And the time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight, finished the race, and kept the faith. At last, the champion's wreath that is awarded for righteousness is waiting for me. The Lord who is the righteous judge is going to give me, give it to me on this on that day. He's giving it not only to me, but also to all who have set their heart on waiting for his. Appearance. And we'll skip a few verses. In those verses, Paul has some real personal requests and specific things. Things like, you know, bring me my coat that I left the other place. You know, winter's coming, right? And some greetings for others. And then he continues. No one, no one took my side at my first court here. Everyone deserted me. I hope that God doesn't hold it against them. But the Lord stood by me and gave me strength so that the entire message would be preached through me and all the nations could hear it. I was also rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil action and will save me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and always. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, may my words and may our thoughts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. When we're in a crisis, a high-threat, desperate situation, human beings tend to respond in one of two ways, fight or flight. In reading of the troubles that Paul faced in life, I'm reminded of a scene in that old George Clooney movie that features so much good bluegrass music. Oh, brother, where art thou? You know, the movie starts with three men who are they're chained together and they escape from a prison work gang. And they happen upon a blind man who foretells their future. After all, this is loosely based on the Odyssey, you know. Well. Here's what the blind guy tells them. You seek a great fortune, you three who are now in chains. You will find a fortune, but it is not the one you seek. But first, first you must travel a long, difficult road, a road fraught with peril. Mm -hmm. You shall see things wonderful to tell, you shall see a cow on the roof of a cotton house. Ah, and oh, so many startlements. I, I cannot tell you how long this road will be, but fear not the obstacles in your path, for fate has vouchsafed your reward. Though the road may wind, yea, your hearts grow weary. Still, Shall you follow them even unto your salvation? Well, you have to see the (laughs) movie. Like Clooney's crew of escapees, Paul had traveled a long and difficult road, a road fraught with peril, things wonderful to tell, and oh, so many startlements, not to mention obstacles. And here in the verses we read from 2 Timothy chapter four, Paul tells us, his young colleague, that he is near the end of his journey. He thinks he's about to be killed, and he is. But first, from the 12th chapter of 2 Corinthians, listen to Paul's own summary of the difficulties that he had had just part of his life's journey. I've been in prison. I've been beaten more times than I can count. I faced death many times. I received the 40 lashes minus one from the Jews five times. I was beaten with rods three times. I was stoned once. I was shipwrecked three times. I spent a day and a night in the open sea. I've been on many journeys. I faced dangers from rivers, robbers, my people, and Gentiles. I faced dangers in the city, in the desert, on the sea, and from false brothers and sisters. I faced three dangers. I faced these dangers with hard work and heavy labor. Many sleepless nights, hunger and thirst, and often without food. And in the cold, without enough clothes. That was just a summary. They were born. And through all of that, Paul kept the faith. Now, the verses we read from 2 Timothy, they use two metaphors really to describe Paul's dedicated dis- discipline. One of them is military, and the other is athletic. Well, I was thinking about it, You know, maybe these, maybe those images don't really speak to you. They don't to me. I can observe and admire the soldier's or the runner's discipline, but I can't really understand their discipline or purpose and persistence of effort in a first-hand, visceral, personal way, because I'm not a soldier and I'm not a runner. My knee doctor says, don't do it. Don't even try to. (laughs) Maybe those images don't really apply to your life either. Well, fair enough. So what metaphors might you use? Brees, cooks, and bakers might say, I have baked a great cake. I have followed the recipe. I have fed others well. Oh, and you have. (laughs) Our hunters might say, I have quietly pursued my prey. I have followed state hunting regulations. I have taken true aim, whether it was with a bow or, or a gun. Not to mention, I have Shared what I shot with others. Especially in that chilly jump. Our musicians might say, I have practiced my skills and developed my skills. I've kept the count and paid close attention to my other players. My music has delighted the ears of listeners. And it have, Amen. Well, you get the idea. What metaphor might you use to show that, like Paul, You have been disciplined in your dedication to sharing the good news of the gospel. Now you and I may never face the troubles and trials and obstacles and imprisonment and quite so grim and dire as Paul did. I hope not. Nonetheless, the role we are called to is not easy. It's not a picnic. It's no day at the beach or on the cruise ship. We are called to be witnesses to the gospel and have, have you ever imagined what you might have done if you had been in say Peter's place on the night that Jesus was crucified when people came up asking aren't you a friend of this guy oh no do you think you would have like Peter denied even knowing Jesus not me that was some other guy looks like me denied him over and over and over to save yourself What if you had been at the stoning of Stephen? Would you have testified to your faith as Stephen did? He gave quite a sermon as he was being stoned, really. Or would you have stood by quietly complicit, like Paul did? We like to think, we would have done a heroic thing, the right thing, but would we? A friend of mine from college days, was the, he was the longtime pastor over at University of Presbyterian in Chapel Hill, and now he serves the First Presbyterian Church of New York City. My friend Bob, he writes that our trials might not be in such dramatic settings as Peter and Stephen and Paul. Our trials, our opportunities to be a witness, he said, come up in everyday life. Bob writes, who knows when or where, for the trials shift. They shift their setting from place to place. They appear in one moment in a dormitory room, the next in an office somewhere. Then in a classroom or a store, they pop up in conversations around the family dinner table in interactions with sales clerks, with health care workers and teachers and counselors. The trials sometimes take the form of a casual conversation or debate about investments in a board meeting, or a question in a job interview, or a classroom quiz. The trial goes on, and we are called to be witnesses. In the end, the gospel and Paul's words to Timothy lies in the assurance that withstanding the trials of life, those who follow Christ are never, never alone but are accompanied by the one in whose presence they will find rescue and haven and hope. There are places, there are places in the world where it's a crime to be a Christian. Places where you can be locked up or even executed for being a Christian. And most of those places don't bother with what we think of as the legal niceties that we hold dear, you know, rules of evidence and fair play. But let's just assume, just assume you get a fair trial. Then the question is, if, if being a follower or a disciple of Jesus Christ were a crime, and you were charged, if you were charged with a serious crime, would there be enough evidence to convict? be to God did you notice in that stuff in 2 Timothy he never said I won that race he never said I won that battle, he said I kept the, the fight I did the best I could I ran, I completed the race, I kept the faith that's our challenge too so go in peace, walk with the humble, pray for your enemies live with thanksgiving May the strength of Almighty God surround you, the mercy of Jesus Christ attend you, and the peace of the Holy Spirit be yours this day and every day. Amen.